0: show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 599. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Mama Zen, the number one mindful parenting app. To try out MAMAZEN for free, go to your App Store or Google Play and download MAMAZEN today. That's M-A-M-A-Z-E-N. And use the promo code SHAMELESS to unlock your free trial. Monica Froze is a digital product coach for women business owners and the host of the popular podcast, Empowered Business. She has an MBA degree in finance and marketing and runs two brands, Redefining Mom, a site for helping women thrive in both motherhood and business, and Empowered Business, where she's committed to empowering 1,000 women earn $100,000 through digital products. She spent 11 years working for a Fortune 100 company running multi-million dollar marketing campaigns with large brands like Microsoft and HP. Now she provides online marketing education to small businesses that are looking to build profitable revenue streams through digital products through her online courses and podcasts. I invited Monica on the show because I think it's so important that we have these conversations about women and money. They are hot button conversation topics for sure. And you know, I never shy away from a hot button convo. Every single one of us was raised with a money story, and we must constantly look at how we look at money and the role of money in our lives. So I think this conversation with Monica is going to be valuable to you no matter where you stand on your relationship with money. Listen to hear Monica share how she landed at the White House, seated in a roundtable discussion with President Barack Obama. Then she talks about the truth about the working mom tax, the price moms pay to play in corporate America. We dive into why it's critical for women to be financially independent. We talk about the double standard of men being automatically autonomous with their finances and women having to jump through hoops to have financial autonomy. We talk about how women can have more impact across multiple women's lives through building micro economies. This was so interesting. I was like super excited and geeked out on this part of the conversation. Monica shares what happens across communities when more women have more financial independence. And we end by talking about one of my favorite topics, why mom guilt is not real, but a social construct that we are all buying into. (laughs) So with all that said, I know that you are going to take some golden nuggets away from this conversation because there's some juicy parts in here. So let's go ahead and welcome Monica Froze to the Shameless Mom Academy. Monica, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here today.
1: I am so excited to be here.
0: I can already tell from our pre-interview that we're going to get into things today. We're going to get into the meat and the juice and we're going to (laughs) dig.
1: We are. I know we are. I can just tell that we're going to drive very well.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I can't wait. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio right now. And what are you most excited about?
1: Well, I think I'm most excited right now about the fact that my husband and I are on the same page when it comes to eating healthy. (laughs) Yeah, that is not something I ever would have said before. But, you know, COVID, I think, was hard for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if anyone was really exempt from just a lot of life changes in 2020. And one of the things that happened to me was my postpartum period last both times, it lasted two and a half years, almost on the dot. I had my whole entire business started because of my postpartum PTSD with my first daughter. I had a really bad birth Mm -hmm. experience. And so my second daughter was born. And so she was two and a half last September. And I started coming out of what I called like a decade long haze of childbearing. And it was like, I'm 36, but I was starting to feel actually like I did at 26. Like I almost didn't, understand who this new me was. It was very strange. And with that came a lot of stuff that I kind of didn't deal with over that decade of just sort of surviving what was going on in life. And this led to some tough conversations in my life. And one of them was about the fact that I felt that my husband and I had really unhealthy, that we sabotaged each other in the health department. And we did it to each other. You know, I definitely approached it with him initially, that it was all on him and he sabotaged me and he was reckless, <laughs> but that was unfair. Like I'm gonna be real, that was unfair. We did it to each other. I did not budge, and it's not I will say this, this is not about my weight on the scale. I don't think anyone is ever defined by their weight on the scale, but I didn't my weight did not budge after I had my second baby. Like what I left the hospital at is like what I spent the last three years at. And here's where the real crux of my issue came in. The crux of my issue was I stopped doing things that I enjoyed in my life. It was a huge, huge problem because I've never been the skinny one. I've never been the skinny one, but it never held me back from doing things. I have parasailed. I have done zip lines. I would go to events and it never, I would fly an economy and not feel like I was a sardine all the time and all of these things I stopped doing. I told myself in 2020, I stopped doing it because I mean, because in some ways that it, we were forced to stop doing it. But then really what I realized was I was hiding from my life because I was uncomfortable. I mm. would not want to go to a sporting event if I wasn't sitting on the aisle because I felt uncomfortable. I started flying first class, which is great, but I was really doing it because I didn't feel comfortable in the economy. And so right now my husband and I, for the first time in a decade of being married, I've lost 50 pounds. He's lost 60. Oh my gosh, and congratulations. Thank you. We don't fight about it. That's the brilliant thing of the whole thing. We are, it is so nice. You know, we, we're we just on the same page. So mm-hmm. that's really what's like really great about my life right now is that it's really jiving this thing that's been hanging over my head and sort of preventing me from showing up the way I want it to show up is uh, kind of getting fixed. So I feel I, I feel good about it. I love it. And
0: I can hear the energy behind it. Like I can hear that it's driving you and then in, like inspiring you forward, which is fantastic.
1: It's been really great. It's been great for both of us. We're actually uh, going to see Hamilton on Broadway this weekend. <gasps> oh my yeah, gosh. I, I have never, I know enough about it, but I've never seen it. I purposely didn't watch it when it came out during COVID on Disney mm-hmm. because I wanted to see it the first time on Broadway. But I honestly, because I shied away from doing things, over the last three years, I didn't know if it was going to like be a thing. And I ordered a dress from run- the runway and I'm excited. I'm oh very excited.
0: <laughs> so exciting. So exciting. Okay. So, I mean, while you're talking about doing fancy things, like going to Hamilton, when you sent me information about this interview and things we could talk about, one of the things you mentioned was <laughs> being invited to the white house to sit down with president barack obama and which is i mean hamilton is cool but (laughs) barack is cooler (laughs) right right like no offense hamilton (laughs) so can you talk about you have to tell us about this experience and chat about what was behind that situation and what landed you there and what was the conversation you had
1: well it was wild the whole thing was wild so I started my first website, which is and it still exists. It's called Redefining Mom. That was how my brand was born. And it was a working mom blog to state my opinion on how I felt about the lack of maternity leave policies and support out there for working moms. And so it was like basically a working mom blog, but I was also a corporate working mom and definitely didn't have a lot of time to blog. So it just sort of... Sat out in the blogosphere and I updated it when I could. And one day I was sitting at work and I got an email from the White House. And I thought, the White House doesn't email people. So I put what? it in spam. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. I'm like, who this is? I have this little tiny corner of the internet that I'm not even like actively trying to grow. So there's no way this is legit. So I went to lunch with a friend and she <laughs> encouraged me to find out if it was really spammer nap. Cause she's like, what an opportunity to miss out on. And I found out that you can call the white house. I did. There's like a switchboard and mm. I got directed to the person who sent me this email and she's like, was referring to me as press. And I'm like, I just have a working mom blog that gets, you know, I mean, it got decent page views, I guess, but I wasn't like trying to make money off of it or anything. So I just found it weird that she was considering me press and they were hosting this working families event where basically he was honoring, I think it was like 12 people who made an impact in the lives and policy changes in the for working parents. And so I got invited to that as like someone who could cover it on social media and stuff. But what happened was, and by the way, this warning was like five days and I had a really (laughs) busy corporate job and I was totally stressed out. I'm like, what do you mean you want me to come to Washington in five days? Well, they don't tell you the president's schedule because, you know, like that's like top secret. They don't actually like broadcast where he's going to be. So I didn't even know if he was going to be there. We thought maybe Michelle would be there. We arrive in D.C. I brought my little sister with me and I got an email saying you are invited into the West wing after in a round table of six people <gasps> to talk about these issues. And I'm just like, excuse oh my me. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. So that's what happened. So I wild, I was walked in like right outside the oval office into this room. And we sat down with Valerie Durrett, who was his senior advisor at the time. And we started the conversation. It was a very diverse group of us sitting in there we all had different perspectives of the policies and then the president strolled in and introduced himself like we didn't know who he was and he did talk at the event. So i had seen him talk before this a couple hours before this he introduced himself shook our hands sat down and said you know let's have a conversation and something in me kind of snapped where I thought I'm never going to be in front of the leader of the free world ever again to speak my piece. So I kind of went for it and Good I had for you. Of- I feel yeah, like I- it would be either like you would have that.
0: It would be like fight, flight, or freeze. <laughs> and yes. so, Like you went into like fight mode where you're like, I got to go, like, I got to get in it and be part of it. I would have probably frozen.
1: <laughs> I really feel like the adrenaline was so high and I wow. just rode the wave. And I even touched things like student loan interest. Like I graduated, for with my MBA at like the worst time. I have really the federal government is ridiculous how much interest. It's just ridiculous. And I just oof and that all plays into these working family policies, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just went for it. I talked about maternity leave and I framed it as parental leave because I do believe a big part of my issue was is that my husband didn't have any time at home to help us transition into having our children. And so I told him all this and at the end he said well, you're a Spitfire. <laughs> I love it. It's like and the then, best compliment of your life. Right. But the thing that really got me, and this is when I, this is what set everything else in motion. So, this is like April of 2015. He said to me, Okay, I heard you. What are you going to do about it? And I'm looking at him like, What are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know. And I, at first, I was like, Not digging the question when he said that back to me. But now I realize. well, I realized it shortly after I left the West Wing, which was exactly what am I going to do about it? Like, how can I make an impact and make a change? And I definitely didn't want to go into politics. Like that is not a thing I want to do. So I decided I was going to build a brand and help women. And at the time I couldn't have articulated this, but this is what my brand has ended up turning into, which was, I have a very big passion to help women be financially independent. And the means that I help people do that with is by building, by sharing what they know and love into a digital product. Cause we all have an expertise in something. This is like, I could go on a spiel about it, but basically I teach them how to take what they know and love. And we all have hobbies or interests or professional skills that we could package and sell on the internet. And that's basically what I do. And what that does is it gets women in positions where they, you know, it's not just about Like I really enjoy building my company, but I help a lot of women who they just want it to be something that they can do when their kids are in school. And it provides, you know, a nice supplemental income for them to do fun things with their kids. And it doesn't have to be a full-time business type thing, like how I treat mine, Mm -hmm. but it just changes the lives of so many women around me. And that's very gratifying for me. Right.
0: This episode is supported by MamaZen. I love my MamaZen app. I think like, you know, from the name what it does, right? It makes you a more Zen mama. So here's what I love. Mama Zen provides you with mindfulness sessions at your fingertips on their app. And I use these when I'm having those moments where I need to shift my energy. So maybe you are a mom who's experiencing impatience or anger or anxiety, or maybe you are just in a place where you're having some negative emotions and you cannot get past them to move on with your day. Mama Zen can help you out. So I have used Mama Zen for multiple reasons. I've used it when I'm struggling with my energy and I need like a bit of just decompress in order to re-energize for the day. Or I've used it where I need to get my head in a more productive space because maybe I'm fixated on something that's not working out for me, whether that's a hard parenting moment, a hard business moment, a frustrating conversation with someone, a Mama Zen mindfulness session always, always helps me feel better. And here's the thing about Mama Zen mindfulness sessions is they're short, anywhere from two to 15 minutes. So when you go into the Mama Zen app, you are going to be able to immediately have access to over 150 sessions, and you can just immediately hit play and get going and let your mind start to refocus on the things that are gonna allow you to be more productive during the day, or if you're using it in the evening, it can really help you be able to calm yourself down and move into a place for more deep and restful sleep. So I want you to check out Mama Zen today. They have a great offer for our listeners. So when you go to try out the Mama Zen app, you're gonna see for yourself how much better you can feel as a mom, how you can get past those hard, sticky moments. Go to the app store, wherever you get apps, and. Down Download MamaZen today. That's MamaZen, M-A-M-A-Z-E-N. And right now you can use the promo code SHAMELESS and that will unlock your 30-day free trial so you can try MamaZen for yourself and see how much better and happier you feel as a mom. They are the number one mindful parenting app for a very good reason. I cannot wait for you to try out MamaZen. Use it before you lose it. Check out MamaZen today.
2: You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why?
3: This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.
0: I know that one of your beliefs, and I agree with you, is that policies, corporate policies, workplace policies, are created to benefit upper-class white men and not women and not women of childbearing age for sure. And so did you dig into that in that conversation with President Obama?
1: (laughs) Not specifically. I spent more time focused on parental leave policies and how like the fact that there was no federal guaranteed parental leave Paid okay. parental leave and how like 25% of women have to go back to work after two weeks of giving birth, which is insane by the way, yeah. Yes, because, and I'll tell you why I didn't go there with him. I didn't realize it yet. I think so at this time I was 30 years old. I'd been in corporate already for 10 years. Cause I started at the baby age of 20 when I was getting my undergrad, I did not realize how toxic the environment was. I realized it on some level, but not. I've done a lot of reflection since leaving. And now looking back, it's like, wow, (laughs) very toxic things happened to me in corporate when it came to the dynamics between women and men. And there is, I call it the working mom tax in our careers, you know, and tell me more about that. Okay. Well, I'll give you an example of one time when I was sitting in a boardroom and I was very pregnant and there was a role opening up, which I was definitely qualified for And one of the guys that would have been on like the committee of making the decision looked at me very smugly and said, yeah, well, you're going to be taking 12 weeks off. So excuse me, (laughs) I think I'm going to be pushing a baby out of my body actually. And it was just like you, I was overlooked because, and he called it a vacation. I would like to say that.
0: Oh my God. (laughs) Which
1: Maternity leave is anything (laughs) but a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just one example of, you know, and it's just very unfortunate because I think Working moms are some of the most efficient people you have in corporate because they don't like after I had my first, I didn't have time. I had to be efficient because guess what? i had to go pick her up. I couldn't be chit chatting and doing and wasting my time. I was so efficient in my job. And I think that that really got overlooked a lot. And I saw it get Mm -hmm. overlooked a lot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to your point around like, every woman having in their arsenal, whether they realize it or not, they have it within them to go build something, go create something, and then go charge money for it. And I was in corporate 20 years ago and not for very many years because it was disgusting. And I'm not saying that it's the same now, but I'm also not saying it's different (laughs) from what I've heard from people and from conversations that I've had. I mean, I'm definitely, I still do some work in corporate as a consultant and in trainings, and I hear what women have to say about it. And I'm constantly in interviews with women like you who have chosen not to be there because of exactly what you just described. And so, back to your point around having the women having the capability to go build their own thing, it's really interesting because I think there's this pull between like, do, and I've had this conversation recently with a friend who'd left corporate. Like, do I try to stay here and be a change maker? Or do I just say, like, screw all y'all, I'm gonna go do my own thing because I don't have time for this. Like, I don't have it in me to change the system. So I'm just going to get out of the system and go build my own system. And like pros and cons to both for sure. But I think that we have to look at that piece as well.
1: Yes. And for me personally, what I would say to that is my babies are only going to be young for so long. And I couldn't, me personally, here's the thing. I, part of the whole brand of Redefining Mom was that I believe in a woman's right to work. I believe in her Mm -hmm. choice, whether she wants to work or not too. Mm -hmm. So, but like I was, exposed in a situation with a lot of people that didn't think that I should have been working once I had kids. And that really grated on me. And what happened was corporate was very much in the favor of work and not in the favor of my family. And I wasn't asking for, oh, I to not work. I was asking for a better balance Mm -hmm. because I basically had my first daughter at, a point where my career started taking off. It was like this crossroads. Which is
0: common. That's common. Like if you look at a woman's typical career path, that's exactly how the system works is that you are, your career peaks at the same time as your maternal age peaks. (laughs) And then you're in this exact scenario. I completely cut you off, but go ahead.
1: No, no, it's fine. You're right. And like, basically like in my career, what that meant was more travel. Mm. And I just really felt First of all, I don't know, for the same reason I wouldn't want to ever go into politics. I don't know if I have it in me to try to change the system of what the toxic system of corporate, because it makes me so upset that it would have just bled in so many ways in my life. And I don't think it would have helped me at all show up the way I wanted to show up for my daughters while they were young. Mm, Right. But here's the cool thing about running your own business, which this is how I've started to see it. Here's the thing. Why do I have to fight for a seat at their table? I'm just going to build my own. Yes. <laughs> amen. 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 Yeah. I love it. Okay. So I want
0: to talk a little bit about financial independence because I know this is you know, a huge goal when running one's own business, but I also think that there's multiple layers of the importance and significance of financial independence as it relates to women. So why are you mm-hmm. so passionate about helping women attain financial independence?
1: Well, I, I have seen some very unfortunate circumstances in my life where women did not have access to finances and it severely impacted them in negative ways. And so there's, there's, in, it could be in an abusive situation. I've seen that in another way I've seen it. And this wasn't, this was not how do I want to frame this? <laughs> okay. So my sister lost her husband in the air force when she was three months pregnant and she was young. They got married young. And it wasn't that she was in any sort of situation where she was being kept for money, but because she was so young, everything was in her husband's name. And so when he passed suddenly, for example, her credit cards were not valid. She was just an authorized user. She hadn't built credit in her name. I saw, and she was. We were both in our early 20s when this happened. It opened my eyes, and I do have divorced parents. And my mom also had to defer to my dad about money. And one of the things she stressed, there's three. There I'm one of three girls. To all three of us was, you will always be able to take care of yourself. So, now fast forward a little bit. My husband comes from a very conservative family and is very much. And my husband means well by this, I swear. He just really isn't like, it's a team player. He's a team player. He views it as a team sport. Like that's what family is. And so my need to be financially independent was a huge issue between us Mm -hmm. because he took that as, so you're just like one foot out the door. Mm -hmm. No. And here's the thing. We have joint bank accounts. We have joint a lot of stuff. What it means to me is that if something happens to him tomorrow, I can take care of myself and my girls. And so that can manifest itself in a lot of ways. I have credit cards that I am not just an authorized user on that are in my name. So I build my credit. I buy cars in my name. I, you know, when, because I have a business, it's much easier to get a mortgage in my husband has a W2 wage. It's much easier for him to get a mortgage. They would have, you know, they want your like first born child in paperwork. So <laughs> yes. we have just been <laughs> through
0: this recently.
1: basically my real it was like easier to
0: just leave me off of everything so i'm like oh my god it's so much to explain when you have your own business like just and because i'm like from a place of pride i'm like i want to be on it all and like my name should and then i was like oh my god it's just easier to like because he's w2s and it's like just this super clean line for him i was like fine just use your stuff And so i would on it, but like, exactly. I was like, I don't, we don't need to process it all in my name.
1: So we, you know, you make sure you're on the deed. And then I looked exactly. into all these different rules. Like if something did happen to him, how would the, what does that mean for the mortgage? Like there's some things to pay attention to that as well. Cause the thing is, is that, and I told I think this is when it clicked for him to understand where I was coming from. I said, if something happened to you tomorrow, would you not want me to be, able to take care of myself. Like, mm. so that to me means for me, it meant I needed an ability to make money. Because that's the other thing. When my brother-in-law passed away, guess what? His paycheck stopped coming. That's Mm -hmm. that they're done. So, okay. So I need the ability to make money. That's a key thing. I also am very passionate about having my own retirement accounts. He's the beneficiary on them, but I have my own retirement savings, getting credit cards that are in my name, super important to me. And basically for me, it's just really my whole My personal feeling is I need the ability to make my own money. And so like one of the things we talked about was ownership in the business. And I said, hey, you know, your W-2 wage is yours. Like it stays with you no matter what happens. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So my business is mine. That's, you know, and we, but my profits from the business go into a joint account. I'm not hiding money or keeping money. It's just the ability to be able to make decisions and be able to be secure if something catastrophic happened. And Mm -hmm. that does not mean that, it doesn't, I don't know why people always default to that. Must mean I want to get divorced, or it has nothing to do with divorce. It's I mean, giving sure, you it.
0: everything that automatically comes with being a man. Yeah,
1: like, it
0: really does. He gets all these things automatically, and you're having to like make a case around why you deserve the same things or why women should, why women deserve the same things, why women should have the same things, like why it's important for women's livelihoods to have the same things. And he gets them just by virtue of like being a man, being born a man.
4: Yeah. Which is
0: done.
1: I can't or being even a man imagine America at least. Right. And I can't even imagine him walking around having to explain to someone why he wants a credit card in his own right, name. Right. <laughs> like,
0: and then people being like, Oh, obviously you're about you think you need to get like be able to get divorced anytime because you want a credit card in your own name or you want your own checking account. <laughs> that
1: would it's well, so
0: weird that people
1: want I also have to, to, to say. This- that I should still have the right to get divorced at any time if I, yes. if I so deem. And also <laughs> <that. Yes. laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to have to ask permission if I got put in a bad position, right? You know, I should be able to make it. one of the things, and this is a, a lot. There are people that don't agree with me and that's totally fine. I mean, we all have the right to live our life the way we want to live it. I am a firm believer in personal autonomy. I was exposed for a significant amount of years in my older, in my adulthood to, an institution that did not believe that women had say in things could make decisions, could control the money, all of this stuff. And I found myself saying often, I am an adult. I am an adult. Like, why do I have to ask permission for things? You know, I just won't do it. I just refuse.
0: Yeah, I agree as well. So I, We did an interview with Farnoosh Tarabi a while ago. It's probably been a couple of years now, pre-COVID, which everything pre-COVID was like 18 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) So we actually had a conversation in alignment with this conversation, talking about women and how critical it is for women to be financially independent. And it did come up at that time. There was some pushback on that conversation around this feeling of like, especially if women don't have income coming from outside the home, then- it was a little triggering for them to think through, okay, so now I feel like I need to be building something and like hiding it, like taking my the money that my husband makes and then hiding it in a separate account in case anything happens. And I think it was a little bit jarring and I don't know if confusing is the right word, but it was definitely eye-opening and thought-provoking, if not mm-hmm. controversial. So I'm curious your thoughts on... Financial independence for when you have a single income family and the woman, the mom is not the person bringing in that income. What are your thoughts around that and how that can be managed if a woman isn't going to go build her own business? Or do you think that the solution is that you should go build something or that you need to find a source of your own income?
1: Okay. So first of all, of course, my personal preference is to build my own source of revenue or income. And for complete disclosure, I have had a wage in my life since the age of 14. I've never not had a job or a revenue stream in my business. Like, So it's never been a thing where I did not have money to coming in in my name. So I will Mm -hmm. say that. But I will also say, I have the utmost respect for stay-at-home moms. I think that what they do is Grossly, you know, like not respect it in the way that it should be because raising kids and being that point person and running a household, it is a job. So, my question back is I'm sorry, just because your husband is the one that's out there getting a paycheck, why are you not getting paid for the work you're doing? Like, I don't understand why that's not equally as respected. I equally respect women that I know in my personal life who don't work. And I think that they work harder than me on some, you know, Mm. in a lot of ways. So I personally just don't understand the idea that just because your husband's the one making the money that you don't have. But it's his, all his money. Yeah. Because you, guess what? You're making his life easier to do that. And that was actually a big beef I had in corporate. These things that we were told in corporate was like, great. Well, I could tell you the men that definitely had stay-at-home wives because their expectations of what we could accomplish because clearly we had nothing else to do in our life. It was unfair is what it was. Like, I'm sorry that I can't do my miracle morning because I'm busy changing diapers and getting kids to daycare. And it's just, you know, it actually perpetuates when women who stay at home, they provide such a great service to their family. When that's not recognized, that's an issue to me that's an issue because you're allowing the other half of you as a couple to go out there and earn that living. Like it's because of what you do that they can do that.
0: Right. Yeah. That absolutely makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. I want you to talk a little bit about how we can create change with everything that you've just said. And kind of this being the foundation, how can we create change among women in financial independence and how can we make an impact through micro economies? I'm so excited to hear you talk about this.
1: Yeah, so this is one of the ideas that really started coming to me through my whole coming out of postpartum and realizing. So I basically made a really big pivot in my business at the end of 2020. So I had basically, I was making money one way and we built a house last year because like I couldn't get my work done And we lived in a very small house and it was great. It was a nice starter home, but like suddenly there was no way for me to get my work done. So we built a house, which we had been working towards anyways. We just accelerated it a little bit. And I looked at my husband and said, oh, so now we have this house. I'm gonna blow up my biggest revenue stream. And he's like, pardon me? What, what are you doing? (laughs) And the reason was, was because- I started feeling disconnected about the impact that I could make. I started redefining mom because I was upset about the maternity leave policies and how women were treated in corporate. And suddenly my business became, I basically, I taught Pinterest for a long time, which was fine. It was great. You know, I loved it when I did it. However, it was like, what impact am I making teaching this? Mm. And I really, 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 wanted to get back to making a big impact in the lives of other women. So I pivoted the business to, to be about digital products. And through that, what I started realizing is that building a business of your own, you're building your own table, but it's also like this spoke and hub thing. And this is where I got the micro thing from. So essentially like my business is a hub and out of my hub, I have students who I'm helping go out there and build their own revenue streams. And now more women are making money. And I also have another spoke off my hub where I employ, I employ full-time employees, both in my household and in my business. And I pay them fair, equitable wages. And Mm -hmm. now I'm impacting their life. And then I can pay for all these other types of services. I can donate money to worthy causes. So I've all these, it's like, I have this Microeconomy in the work I do. And I have all these spokes that come off of it. And it's almost like you can view that hub as my table. Like I said, I wanted to build my own table. I didn't want to ask for a seat at someone else's. I wanted to build my own and welcome all these people that have these big dreams and ambitions. And, you know, like I'm super flexible with my employees, with their kids and all of that stuff. But then when you start seeing this bigger impact, whereas every spoke off of my hub, is a hub now of their own. So like even one of my employees who has two kids, who she dealt with a lot of sickness with her kids over the last year. And you know, she needed a really flexible work arrangement and she also needed a paycheck. Like it was required <laughs> that she have a paycheck and I was able to give her that flexibility. I paid her hundred percent maternity leave, which as a small business in the United States, you have no obligation to do that. But I did that because I was not gonna be a hypocrite Mm -hmm. So I believe in it strongly, but also like, how could I have a brand that was built on (laughs) an issue and then be like, sorry, now I still do believe it should be at the federal level. Don't get me wrong there. Right. But you know, and it's just, so basically I feel like my business is a micro economy and it's not just like what happens in my business. It also is what happens around me. Like I have a full-time nanny that I employ, you know, that's like another person that I am helping make a livable wage. And yeah. I have, you know, causes that we donate to. And there's just, it's just a very, when I sit back, I think, wow. So, and kind of reflecting on your question earlier about, you know, staying in corporate and making a change there. I think that there are brilliant women who will do that. And I don't think I was meant to do that. Cause I think I was meant to do what I'm doing right now.
5: young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts.
1: And it really becomes this thing where it's not... When I started the business, I'm not going to lie. Like, making when the money started picking up, it was fun. And yeah, my life got an upgrade. I'm not going to lie about that either. My life definitely got an upgrade, but honestly, I'm not driven by the money. I truly mean that. And I, last year when I decided to make this pivot, I told my husband, I would rather close the business than just be doing this for money. Like Mm -hmm. that. I can't, I don't want to show up every day just to make more money to what end I feel like the money that I make needs to impact. And for me, that means impacting the lives of women by giving them access to financial resources.
0: I love that. This episode is supported by my very own workshop that is tomorrow, if you're listening to this in live time. So my episode is happening tomorrow, Thursday, November 18th, at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be talking about the three building blocks you need to grow your business. So, okay, let me take you back 12 years ago. 12 years ago, I did not see my potential. I had scraped together a few hundred dollars that I did not have, which means I put a few hundred dollars on a credit card. And I went to a business conference for fitness professionals. And I showed up as a very tentative, nervous, personal trainer who felt very out of my league. And it was at that conference that I learned I wasn't just a personal trainer. I was actually a business owner and a CEO. And I spent so much of those three days with full body goosebumps and tears in my eyes because I saw this whole new level of potential that I had within me to build something with big, deep impact and to build something that could transform lives. And I came home and I shifted everything I was doing in my personal training business to have more impact and to build something that could touch more lives in more significant, deep ways. And oh my goodness, that community impacted so many lives over the years, and that's the business that I ultimately sold back in 2018. But I took with me those lessons and I continued to really step into all the ways that I could lead as a business owner and as an entrepreneur and as a really strong leader with a message and a mission And now 18 years later, over the course of 18 years, I've built three businesses because I've been able to step into that place of being a business owner and really look at how do I wanna take that seriously enough that I can have massive impact. And it's allowed me to touch thousands and thousands of lives across over 140 countries now in order to have impact and help women through growth and transformation. That is what happens when you step into a place where other people can guide you to your fullest potential. And that's what we're gonna be doing in my business building workshop tomorrow. So if you have a business or you aspire to have a business and you want to have that kind of impact where you are touching lives and impacting lives and building something that means something to you and that can be scalable and that can make money and can have impact, you need to be at this workshop. So it's totally free. If you go to shamelessmom.com business, that's shamelessmom.com business, you can get signed up for free. Join me at the workshop. At the end of the workshop, after I talk to you about how to step into your role as CEO and really own that title, after I talk to you about your three foundational building blocks to grow your business, after I tell you about the three biggest mistakes to avoid, there's also gonna be an opportunity to apply to Tenacious Mamas, my business and leadership mastermind. Super low-key invitation to apply. If it feels like a good time for you, a good fit for you, you can apply. You absolutely don't have to. But this is like, the only place you can apply for Tenacious Mamas. It's a very limited time for my next cohort, which will be starting up in January. So I wanted to make sure that you also knew that piece of it. So lots of big things are going to happen in this workshop. You're going to get great business coaching. You're going to have the chance to get some live Q&A, and you're going to have an opportunity to apply for Tenacious Mamas, my business and leadership mastermind. So go to shamelessmom.com slash business to get signed up for free. And I will see you tomorrow, November 18th, at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. I cannot wait. I also want to point out that we know from research that when women make more money, that we know Mm -hmm. what they do with that money and they give it to, they reinvest it in other women, in other women's businesses, in their local communities, in children, in nonprofits, in community organizations. So what women in political causes that support women and children. So we know that when we are building a microeconomy to your point where you are the person who now has scaled your business to a certain point and you're able to invest in your community in different ways, but you're also giving paying fair wages and giving other people opportunities for financial independence or giving other women opportunities for financial independence. All of you are going to be reinvesting in the communities in different ways across those lines and within causes that support women and children and that's super significant as well. And so when we talk about women making money and the like of course fight being financially independent is a very important, critical first layer of it. But then when we also look at like the layers beyond that and the ripples beyond that, and to your point, like being able to have impact across multiple women's lives and across multiple layers of the community, that is also really, really significant to look at because it's not just about making more money so that I can go have whatever I want to have and live a great life, although that's awesome too, but it's also an, or being able to leave my marriage whenever I want to. It's also about being able to have impact in a way that furthers women having power in the next generation and in the positions and places in our communities where that's not happening right now.
1: Totally agree. And there have been a lot of studies about this that show when women have access to money, how it benefits those around us because of our. It's just, and you know, I have to be careful. I like men, you know, like, so I, I do. I mean, I love my husband and sometimes, you know, he'll say to me. It's a, like, it's a both it? and,
0: it can be a both and. Like you can, yeah. we can love men and we can also be really, you know, angry and disgruntled
1: it, <laughs> and, yeah, and like fed up. And we also, you know, like my husband, he's like, I'm not trying to keep you from anything. Like, he's always so proud when I reach a new level and and stuff like that. And but I, I I've reminded him of things like the fact that women couldn't walk into a bank and get their own bank account prior to 1974 without a husband or a father signing on the account. Like my grandma tells stories of going to Sears back in the day, and she couldn't get a charge. They call it a charge plate. She couldn't get a charge plate without permission from her husband. And I'm like, excuse so me,
0: wild. I was born in 1975. Like it's unreal to me that my mom who got married in 73, I think, like would have just had the power to make her own bank account and got divorced a few years later. Like, what would it have been like if she, you know, if that timeline had looked different? Like, what yeah. was it like for a divorced woman in 1972 to
1: open a bank well, account? But, and also to be realistic too, I mean- Before it became more common for women to work, it was hard to ever leave a bad marriage. Oh,
0: 100%.
1: You know, there were so many things and that's not, see, here's the thing. Nobody should be in a marriage by force. Like that's crazy. Nobody, you know, if you're in a bad situation, you should be able to leave that. And the reality is that requires money.
5: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I want to talk about mom guilt for a minute (laughs) because I have a lot of feelings about this. And I believe that you do too, because you told me that, that you have zero mom guilt when you, we were prepping for this interview and you put zero in all caps. And so I was like, oh, we're definitely going to make space for mom guilt in this conversation. Then. <laughs> so tell me about your zero mom guilt, because I think that women, I have lots to say about this, but I'm gonna <laughs> let you go first. But I do think that women moms assume that we all just have to have mom guilt, that it's like part of being a mom. So I want to hear your philosophy.
1: Well, first of all, I believe that I am the very best mother for my children. Like I am the best mother that they could ever have. I was meant to be their mom. So that's, I'll just preface it with that. Like that's truly how I feel that I'm the only one that can be their mom. And I was meant, I was put on this earth to be their mother. What happened when I became a new mom? was, I have mentioned earlier, I was surrounded by a lot of people who didn't believe I should work. My husband not included. <laughs> he did ask me if I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom as like a choice. And I said, no, I don't. I never wanted to be. That was never the thing I wanted. But a lot of people around me did not hold that opinion. And I had a lot of guilt because of it. I felt like the first two years of motherhood was consumed with just me being guilt-ridden. Like I was doing, like the fact that I was using my MBA and my intellect in a way that I enjoyed, which was in my career was somehow negative or somehow I no longer had an identity as a human being outside of my children because I birthed the child, which is also kind of nuts. Mm -hmm. And my first two years of motherhood, first, I was dealing with very bad postpartum PTSD during that time. It went undiagnosed for 15 months. And my daughter was like two and a half. When I started coming out of postpartum and something in me just snapped Where I was like, I'm done with mom guilt. I am done with this. Like I am an individual who has likes and interests that are outside of my child. And nobody asks the man. Like, and my husband points this out all the time. The questions that I would get asked in corporate versus him when we became mutually first-time parents, right? We worked at the same place. Mm -hmm. The things that I got asked, he never would have gotten asked. And it was just like, and I used to get upset and say, you know, nobody presumes that. You don't have a right to be here now that you had a child. So why is that like a thing for me? And so once I decided that I was done with it, that I was the best mom for my kids. And I have a super type relationship with both my children, but my oldest, particularly we, like we had some moments uh, when I started the business, let's say my husband and I were both working from home. And I remember one time she got home from preschool and she came up, she slammed my laptop shut. And I looked at her and I said, go do that to your father. And she looked at me like, are you nuts? I'm not going to do that to him. It's like, exactly. So don't do that to me. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, she knows my work time. We draw boundaries. Like my work time is my work time. Um, Basically, if it's not an emergency, do not interrupt my work time. It's just a hard line I take. And for some reason, I have realized that a lot of other women feel guilty doing that. I just don't. It's like, no, this is my work time. And, but when I'm not working, they get my attention. Like the hours before they go to bed, when I'm done working, that is what I'm doing. It's all about them. And so I am good with drawing lines there as well. Cause I do think that that is also important. If I didn't make it a priority on both ends, like I couldn't just make work a priority and then not make them a priority as well. Like you can't yeah. do that. Like it wouldn't balance out them, but because I've just drawn such strict boundaries and I honor them, it's made it. So And like, here's another example. I personally like do not like getting on the floor and playing. I will do so many hey, fun things. Ben, with my sister. <laughs> I just like, I despise it. I just don't also, like it. Can so- we not
0: build forts and can we not play pretend?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm with you. And so like, I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, like now my husband will get on the floor and play with them, which is great. I'm like, thank you. But I have told my oldest, like, don't guilt me. Like, don't guilt me over <laughs> this. Like, this is just not something mommy wants to do, but there are look at all these other things mommy does with you and for you. And I'm also really big on them understanding the things not just things, but experience. I'm real, real big on experiences and mm. There's so much about our life that they are very fortunate about because I work and I make it very clear that is why these things happen. Yeah,
0: I love that. Okay, so my thing about mom guilt is that mom guilt is not real. That doesn't mean that we don't actually, like, I do believe that moms legitimately feel guilty. I think that that feeling is real. But the concept of mom guilt, I think, is a social construct built by the patriarchy. And so yeah. women have been socialized to feel guilty because they have been socialized to believe that they should be able to full to show up 100% in a career and 100% as a mom all of the time, to so like to constantly be two full separate beings 100% of the time. And men have none of that conditioning. And so there's no such thing as dad guilt as a complex or as a thing. And so we've been conditioned to feel guilty because we've been conditioned to believe that we are supposed to carry identity, like two completely separate and also completely full identities at the same time, all the time around the clock. And so if we look at it from that perspective, then mom guilt is something like the patriarchy has trained us to feel like crap about ourselves as moms because we can't be two full things at one time all the time.
1: Yep. Yep. I would agree hundred percent with exactly, exactly what you said. And like I said, I was surrounded at the time when this was happening by basically people who were very bought into the patriarchy mm-hmm. and uh, that's why they wanted me to feel guilty. It was like being bullied into quitting my job. Essentially I was being bullied. And the thing about me, probably people got the gist already, but I just don't do peer pressure. I never have. It's, <laughs> it's actually served me very well. Like I've never really gotten into any trouble because basically if, if if it's a cool thing to do, I'm like, nah, no, thanks. I'm not listening to you. Don't tell me what to do. Uh, so like the more they basically, I was told that I shouldn't be doing this, the more I was like, I'll show you and look literally that I built this huge business. You know, I mean, huge relatively for me, you know, I built a, a business that does well. And, yeah. uh, it's kind of like my, I'll show you. Thanks for telling me what yes, to do.
0: Yes. I call it hashtag watch me. When yes. like someone's like, I don't know if you should do that. Hashtag watch me.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, okay. Monica, this has been so great. I love that we've gotten to dig into some big things here and blow up a few things too. I want to know how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom.
1: Oh, <sighs> Well, you know what I'm doing? This was a big commitment that I made going into 2021 when I wasn't feeling like my optimal self. I take 45 minutes every day and go on a walk. Uh, I like it. Yeah. And it's actually made me a better mom, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. It clears my head and it got my daughters out moving some more too, because now they see mom going on her walk and it's like this big thing. And then we'll go on family walks. So yeah, I would have to say that that's what I would pick.
0: I love it. Okay. So where can people find you learn more about what you're doing? See what you're doing currently right now. I know you've recently made a pivot. So tell us like all of the things that you're up to and where people can find you and connect with you and learn more.
1: Yeah. Well, we made you a special link to make it easy. So it's uh, It's monicafroze.com forward slash SMA. And basically that that's like a, just a quick page that sort of runs through what I do, which is I help women build digital product businesses and or just a side revenue stream, if that's what you want, so that you can build. It's one avenue to financial independence. And I always tell everyone there's something that you know, like meal planning is a great example. Just like a side note, I think at meal planning and I would buy a digital product for someone who can make meal planning, give me a system that's easier. If that's you create that and I will buy it from you. So that's like, that's basically in a nutshell what I do. So if you go to that link, you can also connect with me on Instagram, which is Monica.froze. I actually do. Answer all my DMs. I love hearing from people. And I know I'm pretty opinionated. So if you do have an opinion on this, please DM me. Just be nice. I mean, just like, (laughs) let's have a conversation. There's no need to be mean about it.
0: I love it. So I'm going to have everything linked up in the show notes. So your last name for people listening who are hearing Monica froze, it's F R O E S E, but I'll have this all linked up in the show notes. If people want to go to ShamelessMom.com, click on the episode of Monica froze. You can then click through from there to her website, to Instagram, to her podcast, empowered business, and get all of the goodies and continue the conversation. Monica, thank you for being here. This was fantastic. I love your, are you a natural redhead?
1: I'm not actually. And my mom and my youngest daughter are, I call them flaming (laughs) redheads because you
0: have Um, redhead energy. Like I was, you sent over a picture today for us to use with this episode and I clicked on it and I was like, oh my gosh, she has redhead. You have freckles all over your arms. (laughs) My whole body is like, I mean, it's unreal. The amount of freckles I have. And I was like, oh, she's going to have like
1: redhead freckle energy. And which is exactly what you brought to this conversation. So I was assuming you were a natural redhead. (laughs) I am not, but my youngest daughter is, and she is a spitfire like me.
0: (laughs) Okay. So I think
1: it's in your
5: genes. (laughs) It It just didn't show up,
1: but it's in your
0: genes. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, Monica, for being here. This was so great. I so appreciate you taking the time and sharing all your goodies with my audience.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, mamas, before I let you go, if you have not signed up for my free business training tomorrow and you've been meaning to, the time is now. (laughs) The time is now. Go over to shamelessmom.com slash business to get signed up for free. That's shamelessmom.com slash business. Of course, attending live is always best. But if you're like, oh, shoot, dang it, I'm not gonna be home, I'm not available to hop on live and I want the recording, you can absolutely get the recording by just signing up for the workshop, signing up for the training. All of the people who are signed up will get the recording about 24 hours later. So to access all those goodies, go to shamelessmom.com business and I will see you there tomorrow.